Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, Sam Monson, Pro Football Focus, here on The Fan. Just wrote an article about the 15 guys that have the most to prove in 2020. One of those guys being a member of the Packers secondary. We'll get into that in just a couple of minutes. Sam, appreciate a few minutes from you. How are you today? Doing good. How about you guys? Uh, Good. Before we get to the article and, and talk about the Packers secondary and some of these other guys, I just want to ask you if you think we are going to be into the same sort of mode with the NFL that we were with the MLB for so long, and that's talking about money and how are these guys going to get paid. Because the NFL, for the longest time, they had time. They were still able to do their draft. They were still able to do free agency. But now it's you know the first week of June here, or second week of July, I should say. Wow, okay, time flies. Second week of July, and there's still no mini camps, no workouts, no training camps. Uh, we could see no preseason. What are the odds, do you think, right now that this season is going to start as it's scheduled? Yeah, they're, they're definitely um, running out of time for the first time. You know, the deadlines are becoming a factor in a way they haven't been for the NFL basically since this started. Um, but I think the advantage they have over most of the other leagues that have been affected is they're not, I don't think they're in major danger yet of missing a chunk of the season. You know, they didn't have the season interrupted. They're not talking about losing games other than preseason. Um, they're having a sort of the plan right now is regularly scheduled programming in terms of payments, in terms of the games that are actually scheduled to play, at which point, that is not a massive hiccup to everybody getting paid. You know, everybody should be getting what they're scheduled to be salaried for. So at that point, I think the money should resolve itself. I know they're, you know, proposing a few different things and, and trying to sort of uh, keep um, keep their options open and keep protected. But I think ultimately the money side of things will be resolved better than it was with MLB or with some of these other things. Um, and then it's a case of just seeing how this unfolds. I think they're going to attempt, you know, a relatively normal looking season, um, preseason and training camp apart. The regular season, I think is going to be going ahead pretty much as scheduled. And then we'll sort of see, you know, how we'll see how things unfold, whether they're able to bubble all these teams and and keep this thing under wraps and then keep on trucking or whether there's going to be, you know, spikes of this infection and, and that causes problems. The preseason is such a, you know, it's such a back and forth thing, at least with my opinions on it, because, you know, I, it is needed. I, I mean, I, you do need it. You got to figure out who's going to be on your team and you got to play other teams. And kudos to the NFL for at least marketing that and having people come to watch those games like it's, you know, a real product. I've always, you know, it's it's August, you ramp up, you get the preseason, you know, the games are on at different times. You can, you can maybe 
you know, go to the bar and watch the game, but not be too interested in, in you know the actual outcome of the game. And it gives these chance, you know, it gives these guys a chance to make a roster. And yes, there's some injuries, and that part of it sucks. But I think the preseason has always been a very important part of the NFL. Now you don't need six games like they used to have. I'm not sure you need four, but I I don't I think you need at least one. And if they're not going to have a preseason at all. Do you expect the first month of the season, assuming that goes on as, as planned, to be sloppy, or will it not affect guys too much? Yeah, I think it'll be a little bit sloppy, plus you know, added to the fact that we might not have regular training camps as well. So I think all of that together is going to cause some sort of sloppy football over the first month. I think preseason generally has become less and less important over the years. I, I like the initial proposal where they were basically dumping two preseason games that have effectively become meaningless anyway. You know, I know people point to the idea that guys make rosters off these these games. The guys that are third and fourth on the depth chart, um, you know, have big games in the first and the fourth preseason. But less and less, I think that's actually keeping guys on rosters anymore. I've seen so many people in recent years have big games in those games, but whatever has happened in training camp already has already sealed that guy's fate. You know, they're not making the roster. Teams are already making those decisions based off what they've seen in camp, not what they're seeing in preseason games. So I think you could easily lose two preseason games and not miss anything, um, and then the other two become, you know, half of a half of a warm up for the first teams, and then half of a, an audition for the second and third team guys. Um, I, I think if you lost them all entirely, it wouldn't be the end of the world. Particularly, you know, particularly the way uh, the landscape is right now with with COVID and all those kind of things. But I, I do think you would miss something. I think it's useful to have at least one or two warm-up games. Talking NFL with Sam Monson, Pro Football Focus. You can follow him, PFF underscore Sam. Did want to get your thoughts on the Patrick Mahomes deal. Richest athlete contract really ever. Ten years they lock him up for in addition to the two that they had him. Is this a win-win on both sides, or did one side Mahomes or the Chiefs come out uh, on the better end? I really do think it's win-win. Um, I know a lot of people are trying to hammer it from, from certainly from the home side, you know, the idea that he could have gotten more money. But at the point where you're banking you know, half a billion dollars, does it matter that you could have got $600 million instead of $500 million? Uh, You know, the way this deal is structured, it is practically almost all guaranteed. Um, the, the Chiefs at any point in this deal would have to eat an absolute monster amount of money to get out from under it and to get rid of Mahomes, which is only going to happen if he has like a career-ending in injury at some point um, or if for some reason he completely falls off a cliff in terms of play and he just isn't the same player again, which seems unlikely. So it, it seems extremely likely that he's going to earn every dollar on this contract, if not renegotiate it later and get more money, at which point from him, from his point of view, it's not a bad deal. He's going to make half a billion dollars over the next decade. Um, and for the Chiefs' point of view, they have certainty. They know what they're going to be paying their quarterback for the next 12 years at this point. They can structure everything around that. And I don't think it's so onerous that it's going to you know, cripple them from a salary cap management point of view. They know what they're dealing with. They've known it for a while now, and they've kind of been structuring things around it. And Mahomes is so good that you don't need to create, you know, the, you don't need to create an amazing team around him. You know that if you just give him enough, he's able to, to do spectacular things and make it happen. So, yeah, I think that's win-win, to be honest. Yeah, there's all these arguments that, well, once you pay a quarterback $30-plus million, you're punting your chances at a Super Bowl. But 
okay, if you're the Chiefs, you're not you can't let Patrick Mahomes walk away. This guy is so good, so fast, so young that they uh, they'll find a way to build a team around him. It's Patrick Mahomes, Sam. Right, and it's not like the Chiefs had the best roster last season. You know, the the Chiefs I don't think were anywhere near the best roster in the NFL, but they had Patrick Mahomes who papers over a lot of cracks. So if you take last season's Kansas City team and pay Mahomes $35, $40 million, it doesn't change anything. Like He's still good enough to paper over the the weaknesses on the roster. I don't think they're going to be hampered from assembling a roster as good as last season's was around him. And last season's is all you need for him him to do the rest and take them to a Super Bowl. Sam Monson, Pro Football Focus. Uh, he's got an article up at Pro Football Focus, PFF.com. 15 NFL players entering prove it years. And anytime I see an article like this, I do control F and type in Green Bay Packers and see if there's anyone on that list. And there is. And it's Jair Alexander. And I do feel like the secondary, you know, I am a little concerned about the Packers secondary. I feel like the last couple of years, and Jair's one of these guys too, they start off so good. And it's like, oh, my God, this guy's going to be a pro bowler. Oh, my God, he could be an all-pro guy. But then towards the end of the season, things kind of ease up a bit. What specifically about Jair do you need to see from him that he hasn't provided the last couple of seasons? Yeah, and I was with you. I bought into Jair after three weeks of the season. Um, You know, he had an incredible start. Chicago, Minnesota, Denver, two pass breakups in each of those games. Had really, really good showings. Graded really well. And after that three weeks, I wrote that he was like the next great young cornerback. And then things kind of fell away over the rest of the year. And I think he's got the talent. He's got the ability. He has all of the tools to be a Stephon Gilmore, to be a difference maker, a true number one shutdown corner. But right now, the difference between him and guys like Gilmore um, or Tredavious White or you know any of these other top cornerbacks in the NFL is those guys don't have the sort of bad games, they don't get beat the way Jair does sometimes. You know, he had a game last season where he gave up 200 receiving yards. He had another one where he gave up like 130. Um, I mean, Richard Sherman went the better part of 10 years without giving up 100 receiving yards. Those top cornerbacks in the NFL just don't get beaten that way. And Jair, I think, just needs to eliminate those bad beats from his game. You know, he gave up five touchdowns uh, and over... Uh, 700 yards last season. Again, those top corners just don't get beaten that much. So for all the good he does, he just needs to find a way of consistently eliminating the bad that's offsetting some of that. I think the potential for the Packers secondary is very high. I think the ceiling's very high with Jair. And, you know, I'm still trying to believe in Kevin King. And Darnell Savage was another guy who started off very good to start the season. And then, you know, there were some injuries, but then also – Struggled a little bit. Adrian Amos back in there. There's some guys that they like behind that with Chandon Sullivan, maybe Raven Green. Are they – I don't I don't know if I'd throw them as, as a top 10 secondary. Are, are they close to that at least? Where do you rank the Packers secondary off the top of your head? Yeah, I think they can be. You you made the point that it's it's all potential. I think that's always tricky when you in, in terms of ranking guys because the range of outcomes for this secondary I think is so broad. You know, they can be – they can be a top ten secondary. Jair, you know, eliminates some of the bad from his game. He takes a step forward and becomes a true number one corner, a true shutdown guy. Darnell Savage takes a step forward. I think Adrian Amos is one of the most underrated players in the NFL because he's just he's safe. You know, he is he embodies the position. He doesn't do anything dramatic, but he doesn't get beaten very often. He does his job and does it pretty well 
most of the time, and that goes flies under the radar with a lot of people. Um, and then the only question mark becomes that number two corner spot, whether it's Kevin King taking a step forward, whether it's Josh Jackson realizing the potential that we saw in him from his college tape. Um, but the potential is there for that unit to be a top 10 group in the NFL. But because it's all potential, they could easily be a bottom third group as well. You know, if, if none of those things happen and if they continue to just flash the ability to be good uh, or to grade well, then they're not going to be one of the top secondaries in the NFL. They're going to be, you know, a, a bottom half group. Right. Look at Josh Jackson drafted second round a couple of years ago to Iowa. A lot of hope for him, but he hasn't, he hasn't lived up to that potential yet in the Packers secondary. Sam Monson joining us. Just a couple more uh, guys I wanted to ask you about here that you put on your top 15 list of people entering prove-it years in 2020. How do you think the Cam Newton-New England Patriot matchup uh, goes down? Yeah, I'm really intrigued by how they they meld those two things. I think we might even see sort of two different offenses. I think early in the season we'll see Cam Newton running this sort of conventional drop-back passer um, you know, usual offense that something like what the Patriots have run for years. And then late in the season, you know, when, when we get to December and when we get to crunch time and the Patriots are shooting for that playoff run, we'll see them start to fold in everything he can do in the run game. You know, and those QB power plays that he's run throughout his career in Carolina that just make him different from any other quarterback we've ever seen. Um, but I think using him that way all the way through the season right now, would just be risky because we've seen those take a toll on his body and take a toll on him physically. And even when he plays, you know, he, he plays through these injuries and he's just not the same guy. So I think we might see them kind of protect him early in the year and then unleash the full spectrum of what he can do as a quarterback later on in the season. But, you know, Cam Newton is an MVP caliber quarterback at his best. Now, that 2015 season is looking more and more like a an outlier to his sort of baseline rather than his true ability or his true potential or the likely outcome that you're going to get from him. But he has that ability in him. So if you can get anywhere near that, you know, it's a colossal upgrade over what they could have gotten from Jared Siddham. I was high on the Browns last year. I was not embarrassed about it. I'm going to be high on them again this year. Baker and Odell both on your list. Where are you on Cleveland? Yeah, I think – for the same re- for basically that reason, I, I, the same thing was true. We were really high on Cleveland last season. I think they made a lot of smart moves, a lot of good moves, and then it, none of it worked. It all fell to pieces, and they had to sort of build, uh, blow it up and start over again. Um, and this off season for them has been all about eliminating variables and, and getting rid of potential uh, things that were wrong and shifting all the focus now back on Baker Mayfield. And it's you know the offensive line was bad last season, so they went hard on the tackle position and free agency and the draft. Um, They bring in a new system, a new head coach with an offense that has a track record of functioning and and doing well by its quarterbacks. Um, You pay big money for a guy like Austin Hooper so you can run these two tight end sets. So everything has been about, okay, now Baker Mayfield, you have no more excuses. Now you're set up to succeed as opposed to last season where you were potentially set up to fail so now we have to see it from him, and we have to see it from Odell as well because those two just weren't on the same page at any point last season. And I know you know, Beckham was fighting through a sports tourney all season long and wasn't the, the player that he should have been physically, but there were so many plays where they were just on different pages. They couldn't communicate correctly, and you know, one guy was running a post, the other guy was throwing the dig, and 
I've never seen a quarterback and wide receiver be so consistently on different pages. And that's not a physical thing. That's just, you know, that's whether it's tape study, whether it's uh, just mental processing after the snap, those two guys need to get on the same page and need to align as that top uh, quarterback to wide receiver connection that we thought they would be. Love the insight, Sam. It's always good to chat with you. PFF.com, PFF underscore Sam, Sam Monson. Appreciate it, and we'll talk soon. Anytime. Take it easy, guys. Sam Monson joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Really good voice over there at Pro Football Focus. Has your passion outgrown your home? A Great Midwest Bank home renovation loan may give you the space it deserves. Visit GreatMidwestBank.com today. Simply local lending since 1935. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.